Welcome to ChamberCast, the Homedale Chamber of Commerce video podcast. We want to thank everyone for being here, our members in the audience, and particularly our fantastic guests that are here today to share their news, their stories, their, their, their information from both a private sector, public sector, and particularly, as is an emphasis of the Homedale Chamber of Commerce, the nonprofit, uh, the important nonprofit organizations that we are proud to support each and every day and each and every month. I'd like to start off by thanking the creative genius and talent and uh, host that allows us to be here today. I want to thank Ralph Zucker, who is here from Somerset Development. Thank you, Mr. Zucker, so much for allowing us to be here. The Chamber of Commerce is an all-volunteer organization that started right here in Bellworks in the Wave Room, which is a beautiful, beautiful room, about three years ago. It's designed to have businesses and nonprofits and interested folks, guests, uh, and folks who want to visit Bellworks that's open. So please come down to Bellworks. Bellworks is open and uh, inviting to everyone in the community and the region and beyond. And we focus on having meetings that have import, that educate and inform once a month. And so when we conclude our meeting today, one of our goals is simply this, that you say, you know what, I'm gonna come back. I learned something. Something helped me grow. Something helped me innovate. Something that I could take back to my business, my, my private business, my personal life, and the folks that, that surround me. And that's what we're hoping is gonna to happen today. The, uh, I see we do have some Boosker Du fans, and it is National Coffee Day, which I thought every day was National Coffee Day. Um, we also have some very important notes to consider uh, as uh, my tie is indicating, it's also National Pediatric Cancer Awareness Week. And we're gonna be talking about that today. This month is also Substance Abuse Awareness Week. And we're gonna be talking about that today. One of the hallmarks of our meeting later on today, uh, which everyone's invited to, is we're gonna go on a tour of the future of work in collabs. Part of the reimagination of this beautiful facility, 1.9 million square feet. The reimagining of uh, Ralph Zucker's vision and dreams here from Somerset Development is the future of work is really right now. And we're proud to have Paola Zamudio as our very special guest who's going to educate us on the future of work. So thank you, Paola, for being here today. Um, we also have here with us uh, Nikki Trainer from Middletown, valedic valedictorian in her class, attorney, successful athlete who started a journey that she's gonna discuss when she was 14 years old, when she had a, an injury to, to her stomach. And, and we're gonna be talking about opiate addiction and that the, the tragedy to triumph story that affects so many families today. We're also very proud to have Bob Hugel, who's a partner in a successful law firm who has a passion for a foundation called Francis Foundation, named after his mother, that is at the forefront of pediatric cancer awareness. And we're gonna talk about the many different things that are important to the Francis Foundation today as well. We also have Sean Donahue, who is partners with Paola as far as the collab space and is also gonna further educate us on the opportunity that businesses have that already uh, enjoy Bellworks and the wave of the future as far as partnering with Bellworks and the opportunities that they provide to the community, the business community and beyond. 
So take special note of what you hear about collabs because it's part of the future of work today in 2020. We're also very happy to have the Hendersons with us. Bart Henderson and Christina Henderson, who was recently crowned Mrs. New Jersey American. She's gonna share some of her passions, which include fighting hunger, addressing the opiate abuse pandemic, right? And also, importantly, empowering women and women business owners and what, what they are um, striving to accomplish and the different opportunities that they have as well. You can follow the Homedale Chamber at Facebook, at Homedale Chamber, also on Instagram, at the Homedale Chamber. Uh, yes, I believe it's at the Homedale Chamber or at Homedale Chamber of Commerce, but look that up and follow and tag, tag the uh, being here today. We also appreciate the team from uh, Ming, who's here with his uh, perfect podcast business, and we're gonna talk about that a little bit later as well. So without further ado, we're going to, um, I wanna introduce uh, Nikki to share us, uh, your story so folks can hear about, uh, oh, oh, pause for my moderator, thank you so much. Something the Chamber always does, and we're gonna do today too, is that we go around the room because we have folks that are here from Bellworks and beyond Bellworks that are supporting the local Homedale Chamber and supporting all of the guests that are here as well. Uh, we have fantastic companies uh, in Bellworks, Swing Loose Golf, Oasis VRX, Escapeology is just opening, Jersey Freeze, and many, many, many more, all of whom deserve your business and your support, particularly now that Bellworks is back open for the public, for everyone, so please come. So with that, if I may, uh, Jeannie Wall, uh, uh, owner of Hometown News, tap into homedale.net, if you would kindly uh, introduce the folks that are here so they can share their story and their business. Okay, thank you. Um, thank you everyone for being here today. So we're quickly gonna go around in the audience and you can tell us your name and what business or uh, organization you represent. Hi everyone, great to see you in person. I'll stand up so you can all see me. My name is Ashley, I'm from CFC Loud and Clear Foundation. We are a Howell-based nonprofit organization that uh, provides an all-encompassing relapse prevention program for those struggling with addiction. Um, we've been doing so since 2012. Um, in April, we were awarded a federal grant um, to expand our services to Matawan and Tom's River, which those sites are now open, um, and we will continue to grow, and we just actually signed a massive deal with Hackensack Meridian. So our program is gonna be statewide, which is really exciting, so lots in the works, and happy this is the topic today. That's wonderful, thank you, Ashley. Hi, oh, okay, um, I guess I'll stand up. Hi, um, I'm Raven Rentas. I'm a journalist with Tap Into, and um, I'm really, really thankful to be here and to learn everybody's stories. Thank you. Thank you. Raven just joined our team at Tap Into, and I couldn't be happier. Thank you, Raven. Now this is a wonderful, friendly real estate agent in Homedale. Hello, I'm Adrienne Marcigliano. I come from Exit Realty East Coast. And I just wanna say that it's a seller's market right now with the rates being so low and buyers coming from metropolitan areas into the suburban areas. So if you're buying or selling, call Adrienne or ask Adrienne, 908-601-3766. Thanks, Adrian. And Adrian's been an active chamber member since the beginning. We appreciate you, Adrian. 
Good morning, my name is Karen Kuskowski. I'm with The Connection. We are a managed IT service provider uh, in Hazlitt, New Jersey. Thank you. Thanks, Karen. Hi, Al Aloisi, your independent insurance broker, a resident of Homedale. And um, uh, right now it's open enrollment period for health insurance. And for uh, I'm also certified as a senior, uh, for senior Medicare uh, coverage and that kind of thing, Medicare specialist. Also the pianist that happened to be coming in from the outside. <laughs> Al Aloisi, thank you. Thank you, Al. We call Al the Renaissance man, really. He's, he does much, much more. He's a tennis instructor, right? What else? He's, yes, tennis coach. He serves on many different boards, and he's been, yes, and he's been an active member of our chamber since the beginning. Thank you, Al. That was beautiful piano this morning. I heard you. <laughs> My name is Brooke Petrani. I'm part of Paola's team here at Bellworks and NPC Style and Decor. We're the creative and design team at Bellworks. And yeah, we're very excited to be here today. Everyone. Uh, my name is Amiri Shaw, and I'm also here with the NPZ team as a marketing consultant. And I'm so excited to hear everyone's story and just these innovative ideas. So thank you. Hi, everybody. My name is Karen Greco. I'm also part of the team of NPC, and I help Paula with everything related to design. Yay. <laughs> Hi, my name is Nancy. I'm Paula's mom. <laughs> 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 Thank you so much. And here we here's Denise Wonderler. We've got the best fans here. Yay. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Denise Wonderler. Thank you so much, of course, Jeannie and Terrence, for, for having me today. Um, uh, I'm the president and founder of my, my family's nonprofit, Team Vienna for SUDC Awareness, and co-founder of the SUDC Coalition um, by trade. I'm a sports medicine physician, also a physician for USA Volleyball. Um, but the most important thing that I feel like I'm doing is taking care of my three kids, my two here on earth and my, my one in, in heaven, Vienna. So if you've heard of my daughter, Vienna, just real quickly, um, she almost three years ago fell asleep um, watching TV and never woke up. And this is a category of death, sudden unexplained death in childhood, SUDC, that physicians like myself and my husband have never heard about until it happened to us. And so now we are on a mission to figure this out. We are in three different research studies to try to figure out why our daughter died and why other kids are dying one to 18 years old. So thank you to everybody who have presently, have currently um, supported us and our family and our endeavors and also those in the future because we, we need your help. And I just want to say thank you for having me. Thanks, Denise. All right. Good morning, everybody. Teb Fridley, XL Travel and Kick Cancer Overboard, where we give away free cruises to families affected by cancer. Thank you, Jeannie and Terrence. And he's one of the only people who says, go away, and it's a compliment. <laughs> Good morning. I'm Leslie Moran with Clear Skylight Transitions. My organization can help men and women get through this awful pandemic. Uh, I provide resources, everything from attorneys, financial planners, anyone that you would need to help you sort your life through and come up with a plan and move forward. I also have uh, professional services where I uh, do brief presentations on emotional intelligence. Um, our next person is uh, Eric Hines. He's a former mayor of Homedale. How many years did you do penance on the Homedale? Nine years on the Homedale Township Committee. Um, he was instrumental in getting this wonderful place we call Bellworks, the Metro Burb, off the ground. His passion for that project 
can be seen in the success here, I believe. He's also the co-founder of Hope for Children Foundation based in Holmdale, New Jersey. Hope for Children has raised over $3 million to support local charities in Monmouth County. And yes, it's wonderful. And I can tell you, I've witnessed myself the giving heart of Eric Hines. Jeannie, thank you so much for the introduction. Um, look, I remember this building. I remember when it was nothing but a complete um, vacant building for, for over a decade. And I remember a man with a vision. And it's really a wonderful story about overcoming adversity, about overcoming a, a lot of criticism from the public, a lot of doubters. And I think that's why I love the story so much. I appreciate Ralph Zucker's vision, and I'm so proud that we overcame that adversity. And I think the reason why, as I was joking with Nikki, that I rolled out of bed today, because now that we're virtual, we just roll out, all right? I've never worked so much in my PJs in my life, but I'm a proud graduate of Villanova, as my friend Bobby was. And one of the reasons I went to Villanova is, uh, they were the greatest underdog when I was in ninth grade. So I, I love the underdog. I, I love that story. Whatever, whether it's a sport, or it's a personal, or it's a business, I, I just love the comeback. I love the underdog. And, and I'm, I'm all looking for that. And uh, I'm so incredibly proud of Nikki and her comeback story. And I, I, I'm not gonna steal her thunder, but you're, you're in for a real treat today. Because that's, I think that's what this is about, right? This is the revitalization of one of the greatest places in America. You could argue in the world. The greatest and smartest people in the 1960s and, and 70s were right here. There was no Silicon Valley. It happened right here. And somehow that building became vacant, void, black hole. And then it came back, and that's the comeback. So whether it's a building or more importantly life, you're gonna get a treat today. So it's great to be here. Thanks, Eric. And I should mention that Eric is one of the uh, founding members of the Homedale Chamber as well. Now, this is somebody who I really miss. Jennifer used to be here every day. Hi, I'm Jennifer. I, uh, I used to manage all of the events here at Bellworks, and I love that I, I get to speak after Eric because um, I miss the energy here, and I'm so happy that the building is open again. Um, it's so, so good to see so many familiar faces. And um, I'm taking on a um, personal passion and um, opening, well, I have, have opened uh, an organization called Point Within. And I'm looking to support our next generation of youth um, do exactly what the energy of this building does, um, which is think different. Um, so I am, uh, I'm here to collaborate and um, I look forward to hearing everybody's stories on the panel. And um, wish everybody well as we uh, venture into the end of uh, 2020. Thank you, Jennifer. Good morning. I'm Carissa. I'm the manager of Escapeology. Thanks for having me here. Good morning. I'm Michelle DiChiaro. I'm one of the four owners of Escapeology right here in Bell Works. We're coming off of our grand opening and I see so many familiar faces that came out and supported us and I just wanna say thank you. And I'm really excited. This is my first Chamber of Commerce meeting. Jeannie is a powerhouse and um, I'm just really excited to be here and a part of the community and part of Bell Works. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michelle. And really, you bring such a great spirit to Bell Works, so thank you. 
And this guy is one of the founders of Swing Loose Indoor Golf. Good morning, my name is Pete Myers. Uh, thank you for that introduction. Uh, yeah, we have the indoor golf venue here alongside Escape Biology and VRX, uh, making up the play portion of this wonderful facility. Um, we have some new services beyond just uh, golf. We now offer lessons with an excellent instructor, and we are a club fitting uh, specialist for Callaway Golf Clubs. Thank you so much. Thanks, Peter. And this guy right here, I'm gonna let you introduce yourself. Here. Hi, um, I wasn't expecting to talk or anything, but here I am, my name's Mark Weiss, I'm a photographer. Um, I guess I wanna first thank Bellworks for letting me have my first uh, book signing. When uh, I've work, been working on my book, The Decade That Rocked, the narrative about my, my life as a rock and roll photographer from 1980 to 1990, and when the pandemic hit, I was on, I was going to be doing this uh, tour, touring with bands, you know, good with galleries, uh, raising money for some foundations across the country, you know, having a lot of fun, and uh, and this whole thing happened, and they gave me the opportunity to, uh, when that Metallica uh, drive-in theater was, uh, I thought like this would be a good place where I could have it, you know, nice and safe. And uh, it was it went well, and uh, you know Metallica was featured in my book, and it was a perfect fit. And since then, uh, I have an exhibition at the Mount Museum. It's going on till November first. Every Friday, I'm there to uh, you know meet people and show them in my museum, uh, my exhibition, which has not just my photographs, but my tour jackets, my goal records. Uh, the original Superman wet t-shirt that I cut up back that the album cover that was never used and all sorts of fun stuff. So uh, I guess, uh, you know, thanks for letting me be part of this and hopefully there's future endeavors for me and if I can, you know, donate to anyone's foundation photographs, they do sell for a few hundred bucks to several thousand dollars, believe it or not, just for me to sign them. But, you know, I'll be, you know, you know, it's easy for me, so just reach out. Thank you, Mark. And Mark is someone who's really not going to toot his own horn. He's a famous rock and roll photographer. He's photographed every famous rock and roll band that you can think of. He invited us to his birthday party. We show up. There's famous rock and roll people there. <laughs> so, um, and his book hit the best. It was a bestseller very quickly and sold out. So we're in the second edition right now. And um, he does a lot for local charity. You raised a lot of money recently for um, lunch break. With their auction, yeah, he does a lot for hunger, a lot for different causes. So thank you, Mark, for really stepping up in the community and giving back. We appreciate it. Oh sure. Well, yeah, he's a little humble, so we have to, right? So yeah. give yeah. you a nice round of applause. Thank you, Mark. Thank you very much. Uh, can you hear me okay out there? Is this mic okay? Yeah. Mic's okay? Okay, great. Wait, uh, Doreen Regal? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. Oh, I apologize. Keep on. Yes, continue. I'm sorry. Hi, I'm Doreen Regal, the transition coordinator from Homedale High School. And I want to thank, well, I'll, since Eric's here, I have a lot of thank yous. Eric first, um, when this Bellworks project first got here, I he helped me get students that um, with disabilities that may need some extra time to reach employment, that he connected us to the mail room. So we, right before this was all happening, our students were delivering the mail and interacting with all the employers. And we, and we have a contract with iSIMS 
and we were getting all our students that maybe need a little extra time to get, get skills hands-on, and this has been a great facility for that. So what, what we need to do for this year is think out of the box a little bit. So Jeannie and so many other people, Michelle from CARE One, uh, we do virtual visits with residents from CARE One over the summer. We're going to continue doing virtual visits where our high school kids need to work on social skills and her residents need to have more visits. So they've been going back and forth. Um, we have weekly visits with that. Jeannie came in on, and I'm going to ask maybe if other employers are willing to talk to our kids through the virtual hangouts so that they connect with employers virtually and ask questions to you and, and talk about your career. And also if you have any ideas for work that can be brought into the school, because this year we're gonna need to do our work in the building, probably at least for the winter. But right now for Sloan Kettering has asked us to make um, lanyards for their masks for all the employees, or our kids are making, let's say Sloan. So if you wanted to have that for your company or to market yourself that way, our kids could do that, do any packets we'll pick up and drop off, but we need to keep the kids working and connected with employers because that's what, that's how they'll, they'll even have better skills because they'll know how to do everything virtually too. So by next year, we, we have all our kids employed that leave Homedale High School. But thank you so much, everybody. So if you're interested in that, please let Jeannie know and she'll get you to me. <laughs> thank you, Doreen. And here's Michelle. Hi, my name is Michelle Fugit. I'm the Director of Recreation for um, the building that I am so proud to be working for, Care One at Homedale. Um, so my whole team, I'm so proud to be a part of because for over six months, we have been at the front lines of the COVID epidemic, the pandemic. And the numbers that I like to talk about right now is for over four months, we have had no COVID cases and we've taken care of the residents in this building. COVID. And the other number is 89 people we helped get better, recovered from COVID. So those are the numbers you got to so we made them recover, we got them healthy, and we got them home with their families. But if you need us, we're here to take care of you. There's a lot of waiver programs out there that is um, bring, allowing people to come into our center and be safe. I know there's a lot of fears out there going to the hospitals and stuff. So reach out to us and we can help uh, your family. Thank you, Michelle. Hi, Anthony. Good morning, everybody. Anthony Lebecci with Monarch Workside Advisors. Uh, we're actually a resident of Bell Works and happy to be here. Uh, I'm also a new resident of Homedale, so I'm really uh, looking forward to getting to know everybody in the community and seeing where we can help. We specialize in all aspects of employee benefits for small and large businesses. So if, I could, if you ever see me around, please introduce yourself, and uh, it's nice to see everybody. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Rob Zucker. And, uh, at Somerset Development, my company, we say we love building great places for great people. And it's humbling to be here with all of you in this room. And I realize that it's true. And shout out to our good friend, Eric. And uh, thank you for everything you've done. And thank you to the Chamber for being here and all of you for hosting this. Um, thank you to um, Paola and Sean and their team that are here today to talk about all the great stuff we do at Bell Works. And uh, welcome to the Metroverb. It's really an honor to have all of you here, and it's humbling as well. Thank you. All right, Terrence, do you want to thank take you. it away? Thank you so much, yes. Um, and by the way, Mark Weiss, thank you so much for being here. If anybody needs a, a visual point of reference, Ozzy Osbourne, pink tutu. Okay. That's Mark Weiss, in addition to an incredible, incredible encyclopedia of fantastic rock and roll 
photography. So to say I'm a photographer, I, I've heard an understatement, but that has to be the grandest understatement all year long. And we're already noticing about the Chamber of Commerce, this isn't your ordinary Chamber of Commerce, right? So we have uh, part of history here with Mark Weiss, right? And we have a gentleman making history with Ralph Zucker in the same room today with these powerful speakers and guests that we have. So let's, as a chamber, as the folks, and by the way, Every mic is a live mic. Every mic is a hot mic. We're streaming live right now too, I think. Okay, so you're all live. You're actually going all across the world. Isn't that a great place to go right from here in Bellworks? This is the Metroburb. This is where it's happening. So it's open. And by the way, um, for the folks that are, are interested and concerned correctly so with pandemic planning and safety, Bellworks has put out the platinum standard from PPE to contactless surfaces to thermal cameras for temperature settings. As you know, if you're 100.4 is typically the standard where uh, you, you need to uh, not enter in any particular facility really. Um, but even including the HVAC equipment, because I'm gonna briefly talk about for the folks that are in and around Homedale, I volunteer in the Homedale School Board. Um, but Homedale, whether the schools are in Bellworks, you have platinum standards happening where the HVAC is being generated here, I believe, uh, watching the, the, the wonderful podcast with New Jersey uh, Business and Industry, uh, a MERV 13 rating for the folks that are concerned with safety. That means the air is clean on a regular basis. That means the opportunity uh, for safety is, is enhanced beyond most buildings, frankly, and beyond what the standards are calling for. So when, when they say open, they mean open, safe, sound, secure, and welcoming with all of the appropriate and beyond in place. So for example, in Homedale, for the folks that have uh, uh, children or have friends or family that are in that area, um, the district has invested over a million dollars in uh, pandemic, what I call pandemic improvements, or putting everything through a pandemic filter. What does that mean? Well, it's thermal cameras to check temperatures. It's means and methods as far as transportation and getting getting to school safety, uh, safely rather. It's uh, it's working on the the HVAC so it's more outside air coming in. It's one way signage, as you see the wayfinding here is incredibly simple. Go ahead. Walt. Yeah, and if I may add a little bit, yes. we are also the wayfinding, the environmental graphics, everything you see are house rules. Everything is well thought. We had a strategy to put that together, and I think we're very unique in that sense. Yesterday, I walked through the Oculus, through the Soho House in New York, and none of them had the strategy that we have here at Bellworks. Everything's branded, everything is inspiring, so I'm very proud of that. And we also added a lot of plants, and we're adding trees, which is like a lot of like something that I'm gonna talk about when we start talking about design, but it's um, biophilic design, which means it's all about plants and bringing nature into the spaces, which is really good right now for like air quality. That's fantastic. And we're, so let's get to it, huh? We're gonna hear from Nikki right now. Um, Many folks know, know, know you historically as a fantastic athlete, as an attorney, a mother of four beautiful children, valedictorian, and so much more. And then there's a different story of struggle and success, and then the next step in your journey, which we're gonna talk about as well, which is clemency, and which is legislative uh, failure on the, on the opiate side of the house, and what people can do because opiate addiction and substance abuse disorder and things of that nature are tremendously serious topics that are touching virtually every family in the country right now, today. And so with that, Nikki, share your story, would you? Uh, so we can learn from you 
and working together with folks that perhaps haven't been touched by that information, we could inform many folks here, including Senator O'Scanlan, who's supporting your clemency application, and Assemblywoman Damaso and Senator Vingopal, who are supporting that clemency application. And we're gonna learn from you. We're gonna start right now. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you all for being here, and thank you to Eric for all his help. I'll touch on that a little later, how instrumental he has been. Um, but as I was introduced, I, I did have some amazing accolades and achievement as a child. Um, I grew up in a very loving home with two wonderful parents, an older sister and a younger brother. Again, I achieved um, academic and athletic success. And um, I, you know, I wasn't a monster, I wasn't evil. I was, you know, could be bratty, but I was generally a very nice person. And um, through different reasons, biological, genetic, and then I became very sick when I was 14 years old and had to have a life-saving surgery and was giving extremely high levels of addictive medicine that we weren't warned about. And um, that set the stage, that set off the bomb. Later on, I was also experimenting with underage drinking and all of our evidence and science shows that the younger you start and the higher amounts, you exponentially increase the likelihood you will develop substance use disorder. So fast forward, I, I did develop a terrible substance use disorder. Everything I had ended basically when I was homeless on the streets and tried to take my life one night because I didn't want to die, but I just didn't know how to live anymore. And part of my message, aside from the clemency, is just like we're redesigning workspace and we're making things more innovative and more understanding. My greatest claim, other than being a mom, my greatest label, I'm a human. I'm a human being. I wasn't well. I had mental illness that I was self-medicating. I had the trauma of almost dying, but um, I, you know, I'm human. And that's why as I asked for clemency and I'll share real quick, the only thing I disagree with Eric about, I was a Hoya fan. <laughs> my mother, my mother, I love Georgetown Hoyas and I never forget eighth grade. They, yeah. <laughs> they played in the, um, the, the final, the final four and they played Phil Collins one more night. And I, I still hold that song so, so dear because it is about comebacks and when I was trying to get back on my feet, I reached out to people. Actually, Eric reached out to me and said these words, how can I help? And I think that's really important for anyone currently suffering. How can I help? What can we do? We can do this. Our policies have failed to address substance use disorder, whether you're in sustained remission as I am to help you successfully re-enter the community or whether you're still struggling to have treatment availability and have this on par like every other disease, which it is. Again, I, I, I save my background to show you there's no paradigm of who is going to get substance use disorder. Nobody is immune. It doesn't discriminate. It can affect anyone. And it doesn't just affect me. It affects my four lovely children. It affects my family. And most of all, it affects our community. Because for example, aside from being an attorney, I had to surrender my law license. And I went back to Monmouth University to attain my master's of science in clinical mental health counseling. I can become a licensed professional counselor and a licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor. Both professions, there's a high need for. New Jersey just shortened the licensure procedure because we have a mental health crisis because of the pandemic. I'm putting my hand up, I'm begging to practice and I can't because of a terrible decision I made 13 years ago. A disease has been criminalized. I was intoxicated on a beach in the presence of my son. I was wrong. I'm so sorry. 
I have changed and it's time to move forward. I don't know of anyone who is against what I'm asking for. I, I don't know of any reason not to grant it, but I do know I'm stuck in a Gordian knot and a quagmire of nobody helping. And because of people like Eric who have helped, who got me in touch here to get me here today, I tell my story not just for me, I'm everyone. There are many people that don't disclose, and that's absolutely fine, their struggle, or don't disclose that they have a felony or made mistakes. We need to, as a society, address this because what we've done so far is failing. And we don't need to lose another life. So I implore whoever's listening, let's get the professionals involved. Let's get people like myself with lived experience, with credentials, uh, you know, my legal background, now my clinical mental health background. I can help and I'm willing to help. And I am begging for a second chance. Now, Nikki, you had mentioned, um, I'm sorry, you had mentioned that there's legislation that's been pending that uh, may address um, folks that are in similar situations. And also you touched on folks not, not disclosing different things and the, the notion of uh, stigma, that which is still shared in, in different quarters. Um, Mayor Tony Perry passed a resolution just recently at the Middletown Township Committee uh, declaring Middletown Township as a stigma-free municipality. Do you wanna to speak to that briefly? And, and, and what would you say also to the folks that are struggling right now, whether it's themselves or, or it's their daughter or their son or their brother's child, for example. What, what's your message to them? And also before we forget, what's your message to Governor Murphy, who does have the power of the pen, uh, that can consider whether it's for yourself or other similarly situated uh, people. So uh, the stigma issue uh, and perhaps the state, what the state can do to help reduce and eliminate the stigma associated with uh, the substance abuse disorder and related uh, mental disorders. And what's the next big thing moving forward legislation? Absolutely. And thank you so much. And again, I think that is most important to end the stigma because a substance use disorder only grows in the dark and it's killing people. So for years, I was an addict. I wasn't, I have psoriasis. I wasn't psoriasis. I had psoriasis, but I was an addict. I have a wart. I wasn't a wart, but I had a wart. With addiction, I was an addict. It is a pejorative term, it's hurtful, it makes it seem like it's a moral failing and a choice. Of course, there's some choice and volition in how we live, but I certainly didn't choose the outcome. And please do not think I'm not taking responsibility or saying I'm not accountable, quite the opposite. I'm not responsible for my disease, but I am responsible for my recovery and my sustained remission. So I'm not asking for a pass on bad decisions, but I'm asking for empathy and this to be treated like any other disease. We don't call people, again, it's Cancer Awareness Month. We don't walk up to people and say, you're a cancer. We just don't do it. So, and again, the, the correct, what we like today is substance use disorder. And most importantly, just realize criminalizing and shaming people is not working. It's not working. So even if you disagree, theoretically, it's not working. And I think that ending the stigma is so important. Next point that you said to people still struggling, which a lot are, if I made it, anybody can. My life was saved two times from overdosing on prescription painkillers with Narcan. Two times. I didn't learn a lesson. I didn't hit bottom. There is no bottom. My mind, my neurons, my receptors were all rewired. And at that point, I had a neurological disorder. But I promise you there's hope. 
in my case, receiving adequate treatment for undiagnosed and untreated mental health disorders, depression and anxiety, was it? We find co-occurring disorders in many cases, and we also find trauma. So there's so much help, but we need to, again, align policy, perception, and action. And that brings me to Governor Murphy and the legislators. Again, um, I learned a long time in law school, we can't legislate morality. You don't punish people into submission. And again, most of all for my children, um, I have full custody of my children. I have had that since 2008. I can't volunteer in many capacities to be with my children. Can't be a class mom. I have a storied basketball career. I was an NCAA academic All-American for two years. And I can't even volunteer in a recreational league because of my criminal past related to my substance use disorders. That needs to change because my children have paid high enough a price. Anyone that deals with substance use disorder knows the families are the heroes. And so on behalf of my children, I beg Governor Murphy to help me because again, the legislative route has just taken too long and failed. And then also too, to the families of people who may still be an active you know, substance use disorder, I'm willing to help. I, I have explained many times that we have no evidence or no science-backed information on how to deal with re-entering people and recovery. I'm willing to help. There's only been one state in America, and that's Michigan, that has done a study on the results of expungements. They basically found that people that receive expungements, clean slates, clemency, whatever the word is, do not re-offend at any higher rate than general citizens. So again, it's an society's interest to have another person on the front line. It's in everybody's interest. And then again, most of all, um, on a personal level, this has been degrading and humiliating. Um, it's been very difficult. This is the darkest point of my life. And I just want to move forward. And I don't want a label of an addict. I don't want a label of a felon. I just want to be a human. I just want to serve others. I want to try to empower others. I want to try to provide the guidance that I was given by professionals. And so I truly, again, I, I will work. I will volunteer endlessly because we need to do better as a society because nobody else has to die alone of an overdose that could have been prevented. And, and, and Nikki, thank you, because we're going to continue that conversation because there are there are two powerful women here who are singularly also devoted to empowering women. We have 2020 top 50 uh, from NJ Biz, Paolo Zamudio. We also have uh, Christina, who part of her platform and her program is to, uh, to work on the opiate issue. And so perhaps we'll start with uh, you, Mrs. Henderson, if we can. Sure. This, you're hearing this story. You've heard uh, perhaps other stories. And, and by the way, the clemency dynamic was one where uh, Nikki had no intention of discussing. I called her last night, pretty late, yeah. right? Um, yeah. <laughs> and I, because my, I'm, I'm, you know, you, you, to, to be a, a, a reasonable host, which is what I, I hope to be today, as a, as a charter chamber member as well, uh, you need to understand what you're going to be discussing and what the topics are. And what, what jumped off the, the pages to me were you're graduating with your master's degree from Monmouth University, and unless you have action taken, you're not able to share that news, that, that knowledge, that view, that experience to help save lives and help inform other people. You're blocked, blocked. Um, after 14 years 
of work and 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 success uh, and and there's a story where your children that with checking a box if you're if you work with a, a, a felon and they have to check yes because it's their mom you right absolutely. So, absolutely if you think it through the illogic of it all becomes uh, palpable so the um, I wanted to bring up this issue because what what what's a video podcast for it's also for folks that are outside of the 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 immediate audience that can affect change for example uh, Murphy lives right down the street in in, in, in Middletown Declan O'Scallon is right up the stairs both Declan O'Scallon senator and Vin Gopal senator Republican and Democrat both support it so sometimes it's it's kind of cutting through the clutter right and that's part of Promotions, right? You're kind of cutting through the clutter, trying to get your brand out. Well, the, the brand in this case is acting on the clemency application to cut, not just cut you loose, to do the things that you can do and you've shown you can do, but everybody else that's in a similar situation, not just in New Jersey, but anywhere in the world, but particularly here right now. So this is an issue that's important to you, yes, right? Yes, it is, yeah. Share your thoughts. Um, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, uh, overdoses have increased 17% in the state of New Jersey this year. So it's a very important cause that we need to raise awareness for. Um, this year, I'm working closely with the Tigger House Foundation. Uh, you can go to tiggerhouse.org and you could uh, learn more information. The Tigger House Foundation um, has students in schools. They have a student alliance program in schools where it's peer-to-peer -peer, um, raising awareness. And so it's a little bit different when it's peer-to-peer here because it's not an authoritative figures figure it's um it's somebody it's a friend uh just helping them educating them uh because it really starts with education um we have to educate our youth on the dangers of addiction and um like we mentioned like changing the stigma surrounding this disease because it is a disease and so many people need help um addiction hits close to home uh with our family uh bart if you want to talk about that a little bit um i lost my brother-in-law from an overdose addict uh um uh, Overdose. Um, so it's uh, so it's really important to our family to, yeah, so, to raise awareness. So one thing that Nikki touched on is um, stigma, right? And so, as a family member of someone who's addicted, you live through things that you can't imagine. Not only happening to yourself, but even within your community. I mean, we live in this beautiful place in America, in Monmouth or Ocean County around here, and you don't think of it as impacting families and those around you. So, you know, even if we look around the room, many of you can think, oh, well, I'll never have an addict child or I'll never know an addict. Um, it can hit you in ways you can't imagine. And so one thing that's important when, when she talks about stigma is realizing it really can happen to anybody. I mean, from, uh, you know, politicians and community activists, um, to, to children in high school. And so, um, you know, it, it's, it's really sad, and, and me and Christina talk about it all the time. I get monthly calls. I mean, my friends and people are dying around me on a regular basis. And um, we get calls every month about um, people dealing with this. And oh, gosh, sorry, guys. Um, well, and Barr, while, 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 you're, while you're thinking of... of, of uh, this poignant issue, you were discussing that there are times when, which is, I don't understand how, to, how it gets to be fixed why I'm bringing it up, when there's someone at crisis, at risk, an acute crisis at the moment, and they need a bed. And they have to have a bed then and there, and there may not be one. Can you describe that, or perhaps parties as well, and, and sure. how folks fall through the cracks, but for not getting services at that moment right. in this massive 
healthcare system that we have that we can't provide that lifeline at that moment and they overdose and, and we lose them. Why is that happening? What do we need to do better? And perhaps for legislators that are listening, what can they call Office of Legislative Services to get them to draft this week to get in front of the legislator and their subcommittees next week? Right, and engagement is really important. And um, so one thing that I've seen is engagement with uh, local police, right? So police are learning now how to engage uh, people with addiction. You know, th everyone looks at someone with addiction differently. And so now that the police are being educated, and, and engaging with this, instead of just arresting someone, they're now um, using different services around the county to actually get them into a bed or get them into a place where they can have help. Um, this is something we can overcome. It affects the whole economy, right? It doesn't just affect the families, it affects the health system. Uh, it affects our police, it affects our first responders. And so, um, by engaging, someone said to me, you know, it was like the crack epidemic in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, that was a thing, and we've tackled that, and don't get me wrong, crack is still around, but this is an epidemic we overcame. And by coming together and actually engaging, we can do the same thing here and save a lot of lives. I mean, there's these young men and women who are, you know, in their 20s and 30s who have a lot to contribute to society, and by getting behind them and supporting them, um, we're all going to be better for it is really what it comes down to. And so as far as beds go, I know you can go to tiggerhouse.org. Um, you know, there's hotline as well. Um, we're always there to help. And so anything that you can do, please reach out um, at tiggerhouse.org or um, you can reach out directly to any one of us. We can get some links on, uh, on the page. Okay. And Bart, can you describe, I'm sorry, Tigger House as well. What is Tigger House? Um, so Tigger House is uh, an organization uh, which was founding after um, the passing of one of my best friend's brother. Um, his name is, we call him Tigger, uh, lovingly, that's his nickname. And so uh, what they do is they engage in the community through one thing that I really like lately is the um, empowerment, as Christina was talking about, peer-to-peer. -peer. So instead of a program like D.A.R.E., let's say, where you have an authoritative figure, which is still great, it's great to engage in anyway, but it's peer-to-peer. -peer. So students are coming together and sharing their stories. And again, these are in local schools, CBA, RFH, RBC, um, Middletown South. Uh, so there, there's a number of different schools, and what these students do is they come together and they, they talk about maybe their mother or father who's drinking too much at night, or maybe they talk about how their family's getting affected by addiction, right? It doesn't have to be a needle in heroin. Um, these people come and they, the students will talk about how to um, manage it, how to cope with it, and things of that nature. They also will help, um, Tigger House will help people find beds. Um, it, it's really fighting stigma, again, which Nikki has talked about so, so well and clearly. I, I can't articulate what it's like to be a family member and not be able to talk about something um, that affects you every day. And so fighting the stigma and treating it as a disease, that's really what Tigger House is going after. Thank you very much for sharing that message. Um, you know, the... Um, we have a, a quick comment from yes. the audience. Oh, yes, I don't know please. If it, is this microphone on? Yes. Okay. Um, Ashley from CFC coming full circle. Thank you, Ashley. I just wanted to comment. You guys are amazing up there. And um, I just wanted to share with the audience, we're on the forefront, boots on the ground at CFC. Hundreds of phone calls a month for people that need help. This pandemic is insane. The volume of calls has just accelerated. 
teenagers, prevention's incredible, it's key, it's so important, but there's a lot of kids that that doesn't click with. What do we do with those kids? Relapse prevention is so important. 30 days in rehab, it addresses the root causes of the issue, it doesn't fix the problem. So when people come out of rehab, when they come home, it's that sober living, it's finding jobs, fighting that background check, um, providing them with sober peers that they can learn to have fun with. That's what's gonna fix this problem nationwide. And that's why relapse prevention is so key because it's not about going just to treatment. That's one part of the problem. It's not about asking for help, that's one part of the problem. It's that full continuum of care. And without it, without the prevention and the treatment, and the relapse prevention, it just doesn't work. So I just wanted to include that so that that was part of the conversation because I think that relapse prevention, when my brother went through addiction, it didn't exist in this area and that's why we founded it. Um, and it's just key, so all that is so important. So I just wanted to touch on that. Thank you, Nikki. Yeah, if I could real briefly, that's, that's an excellent point, Ashley. And just to, for those who aren't particularly familiar, drugs and alcohol is considered only a symptom. It's how we deal with an underlying problem. So as you say, 30 days, 40 days, all of these you know, insurance generated numbers don't work. What the call to action is, is the Surgeon General has evidence-based scientific proof that what we call, there's certain medications, buprenorphine being one, can substantially help with relapse prevention. It is an opioid agonist that is just incredible in treatment. However, the current as it stands, in order to write those prescriptions, a doctor needs what's called an X waiver. It takes a day of training and a monetary investment. We are, it's not, it's not as lucrative, it's for different reasons, not enough doctors are doing it. We have about between 10, five to 10% of doctors who can write this life-saving, proven to work drug. We need to legislate for that. We need to get more doctors, more professionals treating. Because as you said, people, it's, it's, we always say becoming sober, getting into sustained remission isn't the hard thing, it's staying there. We need to help people stay there because we are seeing, as you said, relapses at astronomical amounts and the fallout, the cost to America is billions. So if we can approve those medicines and get those medicines into people who have a disease, it will work. Also too, Narcan, they just released the pharmacies, we're giving it away for free. No more arguments about why don't they give this away free? Why don't they give, I'm here today because that was available. I'm here today because of happenstance. There are many people, your brother, who died alone, who isn't. Narcan should be widely available. It's, it's, it's a non-issue. These, these, these are medicines that people with a disease deserve. And that is where the stigma ties in and everything else, because we need to advocate for people. Nikki, thank you very much for that. And thank, thank you for sharing your story and, and your story, uh, really. Um, there's, a, um, there's an intersection with other um, critically important issues that are at the forefront of our, our state, our country, and our world right, right now um, that also intersect with uh, opiates and drug, drug uh, issues and substance abuse issues um, that don't just affect adults, they affect children tremendously um, of all ages. And um, so, as Bob Hugel knows, I, I, I may look for a segue, uh, and it's that 300,000 parents in the world every year 
hear words that are devastating. Your child has cancer, right? 15,000 here in the United States, 41, 42 families every day. Your child has cancer. Um, this month is Pediatric Cancer uh, Awareness Month, and many families have been touched by pediatric cancer. I lost my nephew uh, uh, who had pediatric cancer at 19. Um, terrible, vicious, insidious, unforgiving, malicious, evil. Uh, that's cancer. Um, there are folks that are on the forefront that, that they're, they're, they're so ensconced in the world and so completely wound into addressing it, fighting it, honoring those who are fighting it, standing with them, walking with them, talking with them, sitting with them, laying down with them, comforting them. And one individual who, so proud that he's here today, uh, to help us understand uh, the issues that are of challenge and who is passionately at the forefront of children's pediatric cancer and head of an organization called the Francis Foundation is Bob Hugel. Bob, welcome. Uh, can you share with us What's happening with the Francis Foundation? Um, you have some upcoming events, and we'll all be talking about this other upcoming events because we want to make sure everyone's fully informed when they leave. Um, talk about your mom. Talk about the name, and and also talk about this intersection because so tragically opiates are have become part of the curriculum with the pain and the debilitation of pediatric cancer, doesn't it? Um, and it sure does, Terry. Yeah. Uh, thank you, uh, and thank you for inviting me here today. Um, I'm reflecting about a lot of things while I sit up here, and I, I want to talk about for two hours about the Francis Foundation. But uh, I hear Nikki's story, the Hendersons, and uh, I want to correct Nikki. You said you're at a low point, a dark point. I think you're at your highest point because you're a fighter. <laughs> You're doing what's right, and uh, if, you know your kids couldn't be more prouder of you right now. You keep that fight going, and uh, you're a hero. And the people on this stage are heroes. And uh, again, reflecting about what we're doing here today and hearing these stories, um, what it all comes down to is community and caring for each other. Um, and that's what the nonprofits are doing. We're touched by certain things in our life, and um, we're given this platform to talk about our causes. And the uniformity of our causes is we care about others, and we're here to help others. Um, I love this. You know, I, I actually had the honor of playing golf about a year ago with uh, a Notre Dame football coach, won a national championship, Lou Holtz. And uh, I frankly admitted to him that I had not read any of his books. And I said, can you summarize all of your books? And he said, three simple things, Bob. He says, you do the right thing, you do the best you can, and you care for others. And that's as, as simple as it is. 
And uh, that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. That's what we're doing. Um, Terry, uh, you did your homework. You know the statistics. I was going to share them too. But it goes far beyond the statistics. It's you know one child, one kid. Um, here in Monmouth County, here in Holmdale, kids have, you know, you probably haven't heard about getting cancer. Um, I used to think, what's the worst thing a parent can hear? A doctor tell a parent your child has cancer. Over the 16 years that the Francis Foundation has been in existence, I've learned there's something a lot worse than that for a parent to hear there's nothing more we can do. Um, Frances was my mom. She loved and she lived an exemplary life that devoted much of her life to kids. Everything from the Cub Scouts to being president of the Police Athletic League uh, to uh, doing charitable things for kids through the uh, Women's uh, Knights of Columbus Auxiliary. And uh, when cancer took her in 2000, we got involved helping the, um, uh, the American Cancer Society, the Relay for Life. Um, but you know, just sitting around a dining room table one night, we said we got to do more for kids um, in honor of my mom. And I was I'm blessed with a phenomenal family, phenomenal friends. We put about 50 trustees together in 2004. We formally incorporated a 501c. Uh, we're 16 years old. Um, we are completely volunteer, and 100% uh, of the donations to the Francis Foundation go to the kids. Uh, over those 16 years, we've given back to the kids and their families approximately three and a half uh, million. It's not the dollars, it's numbers, it's how we do it. We do it in a personal, compassionate way. Once a child in New Jersey is diagnosed with cancer, the Francis Foundation is in their corner fighting for them, with them, supporting them throughout the fight. And even they're, they're part of our family. Our very first angel was from uh, Middletown in 2004, Timothy Poxis. Timmy's family is still with us today, of course. Um, I also want to um, recognize, you know, um, I think Eric had to leave for a meeting, but uh, Eric came up to me tonight, uh, you know, this morning before we got on the stage here, and he just said, Bob, what can I do to help? Uh, we have an upcoming gala it's a virtual gala this year we normally have about a thousand guests and volunteers at our annual october gala this year we have to go virtual you know, eric said to me what can i do to help we need a few more silent auction items he says done the devil's experience um, eric is a co-founder as he was introduced of the hope for children foundation we work closely with them and its co-founder mary beth Walsh. Uh, in the audience is uh, ted Friedy from kick cancer overboard Ted is one of our sister charities. We work together with various sister charities. Last year, a little boy in Middletown lost his fight after two years. Um, we helped the family. We brought some special smiles to the family. And uh, uh, we surprised the parents with a healing trip, a trip on the cruise to Bermuda, working with Kick Cancer Overboard. Um, our programs range from bringing smiles to the kids in terms of numerous events during the course of the year to simple birthday wishes, birthday smiles, uh, going to sporting events, going to Broadway shows. Uh, you, know, you won't believe the smile that you would see, see on a 14-year-old girl's face when a limo pulls up to her house 
and she and her friends can go to a Broadway show. That's special. And we do that in the midst of getting chemo. And that's to, to bring, bring some happiness, joy, smiles to those kids during their fight. Another important aspect of what we do is financial assistance. Can you imagine a single mom who has a child diagnosed with cancer? Where's that single mom gonna wanna be? She's gonna wanna be at the hospital next to her child during that fight. She, hasn't, you know, she may lose her ability to receive income. How do you pay the rent? We pay the rent. Because she shouldn't have to worry about a roof while her child's fighting cancer. Um, there's so much more I can say, uh, and, and, but I think that's a good start with respect to, uh, let me get this out there right away. Uh, if you have any questions for me or want to know more about us, uh, a very simple uh, email, questions at Francis with an E, questions at francisfoundation.net. Uh, we have a virtual gala coming up on October 17th. Everyone's invited to join it. Uh, it's like all our other galas. Uh, Jeannie and Terry have been there. It's an emotional roller coaster of joy, happiness. And um, one of our speakers is going to be Kara Shields. She lost her 10-year-old son uh, in June. But for six years, we gave so much joy and happiness to her and her son, Will. They, were, they went on a cruise, right, Ted? They were also on a cruise as well. Uh, this past February, we got Will and his mom down to Florida, down to Disney World. He had never been there. Um, again, I can go on. I commend everyone up here. I commend the people here in terms of being here and investing in the community, um, giving back. Um, we just try to make the world a little bit better place. And I think that's what the Francis Foundation is doing. And I'm so thankful for our volunteers, our board of trustees, and working with the other sister charities uh, in the community. And you're, and you're definitely doing it, Bob. I had a couple quick questions for you. Can, you. can you share with us the Angels and Warriors program? We'd like to hear a little bit about that. And also, children's pediatric research is notoriously underfunded. Do you have a message for the legislature or folks that are perhaps not as, uh, um, as cognizant of that fact about how we can turn that around and stop talking about it and start looking at proper levels of funding for pediatric research for childhood cancer? Sure. Nikki and I were actually talking about this a little bit earlier. Um, here's a sad fact, is that so much in our world is driven by profit. Um, and Business is good, you know, you know, business is important, but the, you know, uh, and we can make the jokes. Look at the billions and billions of dollars that went into uh, research for, you know, uh, uh, let me just say one word, Viagra. You know, isn't there something sad about that? Of the billions of dollars to, you know, for research for things like that, where, in terms of when you look at the National Institute of Health and Statistics, the reason why we still have pediatric cancer today is because it's not profitable for the big pharmaceutical companies to invest in it. They only want to invest in profit and what makes money. So you know that is part of, of what the message we have to get out to the politicians and to the business community. And, and don't get me wrong, there is a lot of great 
you know, people that do devote millions and, and literally billions of dollars to great causes. You know, we, we all kind of know, you know, the name Bill Gates, and we know, you know, in terms of how rich he is. Uh, but I also recognize he has given a lot of his wealth to great, great causes. But I think that's the message, you know, to, you know, to the community at large, is how do we better take care of ourselves? And, and to the politicians, um, it is Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month, and it's great, uh, and we have a, a lot of great, you know, um, people who devote themselves to serving the public uh, uh, in terms of the politicians. Um, I've gone down to Freehold and a board of, trust, a board of uh, chosen freeholders has given the Francis Foundation these beautiful plaques. But quite honestly, what I don't hear enough about is what are we doing to get the research there? Uh, there have been strides made with respect to leukemia. The, uh, the, you know, the fata fatality rate is not as high as it was 10, 20, 30 years ago. Um, when I was a kid going through grammar school, I never even heard of cancer for kids. And that's part of why you know, we've made strides. We have a Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. We wear our gold. But it should, you know, it's not just becoming aware, it's doing something. And I think everyone can do something to something to support a cause. Become a volunteer for the Francis Foundation. Um, you, you heard Nikki's story. Uh, uh, every individual, write a letter on behalf of that legislation. You know, do something. Uh, but uh, again, I can go on, Terry. Uh, but um, you're going to share about the Angel and Warriors program. Well, so you no, know, yes, ab absolutely. Um, the Angels and Warriors. Well, we have we have these various programs in terms of every, you know, for every birthday, for every birthday, we not only send the child a card, gift cards, we do special things for the Warriors on their birthdays. Uh, we have a I Play American as part of our Warriors program every year. Uh, we, we invite all of our Warriors families. They're entitled to bring their friends. We have a buffet breakfast and an I Play America. Uh, a, a day for our warriors. The warriors program is basically uh, all year long, you know, uh, an event. Um, every year we honor our angels at our gala. Uh, Co-founder of uh, Hope for Children, Mary Beth Walsh, you know, she lost her uh, son Jude uh, to cancer. Um, to put part of our angels program in perspective, um, we have told our angels families, your child, you know, one of the moms said to me, my worst fear is that my child would be forgotten. Every one of our angels, we assure all of our families as part of our angels program, your child will never ever be forgotten. Um, for Mary Beth, you know, Jeannie, you were there. For Mary Beth to walk up as we honored our angels at our gala last year, to walk up to the Beatles song, Hey Jude, in honor of her son Jude. Um, uh, each one of the kids is special to us. Um, it does get overwhelming at times. Uh, there are days where we get three applications for assistance and help in a day. Um, working with um, Kelly Terry from the Myelin Terry Foundation out of um, Oakhurst. We uh, were in Maya's corner for six years. Uh, about five years ago, she, um, little Maya lost her life uh, while she was down at St. Jude. And uh, we inspired, we helped Myelin Terry Foundation. And, um, um, you know, 
the angels inspire us. Uh, they, you know, they, they truly do. Um, if you uh, if you tune in, if you like to, uh, we invite everybody to uh, participate to join our virtual gala on uh, Saturday, October seventeenth at seven o'clock. We're going to have a fast-moving program. Um, uh, Angel Will's mom is going to speak. She's going to speak on behalf of all of our angels. Um, we're going to try to have it fast-moving. Um, you know, Eric mentioned I am a Villanova graduate. One of our speakers, you know, uh, yeah, I've already seen the video. It's going to be Coach Jay Wright. He's won two national championships. Um, we're going to have uh, the Warriors giving their own messages. We're going to try to make it fun and enjoyable. But it'll be about an hour and a half. And we have a huge Super 50 uh, cash raffle. Um, funding in the pandemic has been extremely difficult, uh, you know, for all our charities. You know, as you can well appreciate, uh, uh, we had planned a uh, uh, um, a casino event in March that was just you know just wiped out. We usually have an annual picnic softball tournament in July at, right here in, in Holmdale Cross Farm Park that was wiped out. So one of the uh, we usually have an annual journal. We don't have a gala this year. We're not having a, a journal, but we're doing a super 50 cash raffle. We're trying to sell 1,000 raffle tickets at $100 a piece. There'll be $50,000 in prizes, 30,000 first place, 15,000 second, five third. If my math adds up, that should be 50,000. <laughs> um, but we're trying to sell those raffle tickets. If you'd like to buy a raffle ticket, just send an email to questions at francisfoundation.net. That email comes directly to me. Uh, fundraising has been very difficult, but we're going to pull those three raffle tickets live uh, at the Ocean Place at the conclusion of our virtual gala on uh, Saturday, October 17th. Well, I could say um, you're absolutely going to sell every single one of those tickets. And I, and I say that with some authority. Uh, Jeannie and I did go to their last event pre-COVID, obviously. I can tell you it was packed, packed. I think at least a thousand people, as at least a thousand, um, which, um, you know, I was thinking, Jeannie really should have had this at Bellworks, you know? Um, so I know where the next one's gonna be when we're post COVID. So the pack, literally, you could not get in, you could not move. It was really fantastic. It was incredible. It was just really amazing. You know, and one thing you had mentioned, you talked about making things fun for the children and, and energizing, and that, um, that, that speaks to um, many different things, including what the environment is and what the aesthetic is and what they virtually, what they see visually and what they hear and their, their, where they live and, and, and how they move within, within their, their space. And so I, I, I'm curious, I wanted to reach out to uh, Paolo here because Paolo, as everyone knows, is a founder and head design at NPZ Style and Decor and also the creative director and lead designer here at Bellworks. And I wanted to ask you in your travels worldwide, because you are a worldwide traveler, um, have, you, have you happened upon environments that uh, perhaps it's hospital environments or how companies are retrofitting for, um, for children and, and pediatrics and the visual the, the, um, the, the, that, that makes it healthy and fun and as, as it were and more relaxing and calmer and that kind of thing. Do you find those design standards going into hospitals uh, of late? Have you uh, any particular insight on uh, the kind of, what I'm thinking is for the Francis Foundation, it sounds like folks, it may be funding, but it may be also what environment, maybe it's wheelchair accessibility, maybe other different things, home retrofitting. 
Um, I wanted, if you had any well, thoughts on that. First, I feel very honored to be here with all of you. Um, everything you do is amazing. I support everything. It's just, I'm a designer, so I'm just, I just created spaces, but uh, really what you're doing, it's really magnificent. And um, I just wanted to say one comment that you made, what your name is? Uh, Barton. Um, yeah, Bart. so you said that engaging, that the, the, the police should engage with people who are addicts and all of that, and I totally agree about that because it's all about community. And um, and yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a lot that we can do. And also, I think money, like money-wise, like politicians should put money on, yes, the police, but also education and programs, like the ones that you're all involved in, because it's, it's, it's all about that, and yes, the the founding shouldn't just go to Viagra. <laughs> they should go to uh, to Planned Parenthood, to things that really really work. Is my microphone working? I don't know. Okay, so back to my question. To the question, um, I think it's important um, for me to create a spaces that are like that feel make people feel good. That's the first thing, and it's not just you know the furniture that you put, but it's also um, the lighting, the natural light, the 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 music, the ambience that we create, and um, this is something that I I've seen around the world. That's true, but it's also how I have it in my home and how I want to bring it to my design and how here at Bellworks I I when I started like six years ago when it was empty and there was nothing here, we wanted to create like this coziness, this spaces to bring people together. And I think little by little we have created that and 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 it's just about putting the best, you know, the best, it's not perfect, but we make it perfect. It's about community, most of it. It's about the people who come here. It's about the, the engaging, the, the, the collaboration, people just, wanting to be in a place to see other people because yeah being at home alone or it can be depressing it can really affect your mind and that's when you get in trouble sometimes that's when you get into things that you shouldn't be doing so if there's places that make people feel good i feel people will come to them and, the, and bellworks is one of them but i think coming back to hospital design and all of design i'm not an expert in that you know in that area but I feel like it's all about how you create the space and what I meant like you know the the music the light all of that and what are some perhaps some of the universals for folks that are watching if they're looking at a space in their home and whether it's they're they're facing a significant challenge or they're simply dealing with a COVID environment remote learning and they want to they want to uh, address the space in their home so it's inviting for their, their children and their families. Are they looking at, is it color, natural light, is it sound, is it certain textures and things like that? What would be a, a little bit of a 101 on design for the moms and dads that may be watching, whether mm -hmm. they're faced with crisis and challenge or they're navigating this current I environment? I think it's important to declutter, to have minimalistic, like have, I know it's hard when you have, you know, a big family and all of that, but I think that it starts with the, keeping it simple, adding natural light, uh, some plants, plants be because they clean the environment. Um, I think color can be very powerful and that's something that you are going to see when we walk CoLab here later on, um, that I use color as a way of um, energizing the 
people, energizing the mind. I feel like color can be very powerful, can be a, a way of like, you know, like waking you up, but also inspiring you. Um, and I feel like with this whole situation with COVID and all of that, I feel like the spaces have to be very designed more in a hospitable way. People want to feel a space that is cozy, that is like inspiring. So that's, that's what I feel like you can do at home as well. Thank you for that. And that speaks to the future work, future of work. Yeah, and definitely. it does also speak to the collab space. Mm -hmm. And that has been reimagined, right? Yes. Of late. Can you share uh, some of the, the dynamics with the reimagining of collab and uh, what, what's important for folks to know? Well, CoLab has been a work in progress. As I mentioned, we started six years ago and we created the first CoLab back then. And I think it started to grow, started to bring people together. And that, it became a brand. It became a spot to be. So um, this new CoLab that we are opening soon, um, it's, you know, it's like all those years of you know experimenting of like trying like does this work does this not work open space not open space now it's like okay here it is it's beautiful there's open space but there's private offices there's moments of collaboration there is color uh it feels clean and and modern but it also has this like warmth to it because i feel like people especially now um, with this situation with COVID, they're going to want to come back to work more than ever. They want to get out of their house. Not, I mean, it's going to get a little, you know, tiring just being at home and trying to do everything. I feel like people need that freedom and that, that have their own space. So I, at Collab, um, we work with, this has been like a process, this new Collab for like a year and a half, probably. I would say closer to two. Uh, too and and even you know just because a lot of conversations uh, Sean Sean is the manager director manager of collab um, he came back with a lot of feedback of their of the tenants what they wanted what what works what not and for me as a designer I took all those details and I just you know I said you know what I'm gonna I'm going to design my dream space, my dream. And I do a lot of research when I do design. I do a lot of research of what's going to work, what's not going to work. And what, something that I noticed even from like a year ago is like people want like organic places, places that are have like even the colors. You're going to see I'm more visual. I'm not a, I'm really I really don't like to talk too much. But once you see it, I'll show you. Uh, it's very warm. And um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. Sean, if you want to talk a little bit of like the process, but we got a lot of feedback from the from the so, tenants, right? And Sean, for for I'll ask a silly question for some folks that might say, "What's collab?" So yes, what's collab? What, what is it, and why do why do folks want need to be here and want to be here? Right. Talk about and, that. And uh, to echo Paolo's thoughts as well, uh, the amazing people that are in this room. Yes. Uh, Honestly, please keep fighting, keep doing everything that you guys are doing because honestly, amazing stories. And I have to say that I met Ralph Zucker about six years ago. And when he actually explained what the Metro Burb was, he was talking about people. Mm -hmm. And that's how he kind of hooked me because, you know, we walked around this building and it was incredible and the story was incredible. But when he explained what the Metro Burb was and what he was creating here, it always came back to building a village and creating a place where people can share ideas. And the genesis of that was at that time, I was writing a business plan for co-working space and co-working space. If 
people aren't familiar, it's shared office space. It could be shared desks, it could be private offices, it could be small teams. There are shared conference rooms, shared kitchens. We put all those amenities together and we create a membership model for office space. And that is what Collabs is from an office space standpoint. But what it really is when you dig into it, it's building community. And it's you know finding the small businesses of the world, the entrepreneurs, the startups, the crazy thinkers, but also the remote workers, the established small business that's been around for 20 years and he's been working out of his house. Those were the people in the early days that we were looking for. And it was about getting people in our door to jumpstart that community and create a spark. And, you know, in the early days of Colab, when we started, we had our first office that opened in 2016. And we had, you know, a handful of people, a few startup companies, and we were so excited. And then gradually we kept growing and we kept getting feedback and we kept asking people, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? And now fast forward today to 2020, and obviously the needs of the office place are evolving very fast. You know, things have picked up. But what we find is that we're still hearing a lot of those things. I want to get out of the house. I want to be near like-minded people. I want to share ideas. And that is a driving force for what we're doing here. Uh, not just in Collabs, but in the Metroburb as a whole, but it all kind of comes together and it helps to create that village that Ralph was talking about many years ago and how he hooked me into this project too. To, yeah. to that point too, uh, the Homedale Chamber is one of those spaces as well. Uh, so I've been, you know, told for years at this point, you got to check out the Homedale Chamber. You got to check it out. Um, just coming today, I know why everybody speaks so highly of it. Uh, you know, an engaging group, uh, community, as you just touched on. Um, so I'm, I'm just really happy that I've been able to to check it out, and uh, we're going to be involved in the chamber a lot more moving forward. So thanks for having us. Uh, just wanted to say that. You're very welcome. 100% all volunteer chamber. So. It's a welcome environment. I do want to ask some of the design elements, uh, pandemic planning, as it were. How do those challenges and opportunities uh, uh, get incorporated into the reimagined collab that we're going to be touring shortly? Absolutely. So, actually, the first thing I do now is we kind of go through what's changed in the building since you were here last, or if this is your first time in. What are we doing to address COVID? You know, we've reduced uh, touch points in the building with doors. So we have a motion sensor. We have all the way signage that Paula spoke to our filtering in the systems. We've extended all of that and all of those ideas into the collab. Also with the collab, and this is sort of a bit of serendipity, but I think that this is the way things are going. We added more private offices, more barriers to our workstations. We spaced things out more because we know that people are going to want a little bit of extra space uh, compared to what they may have been asking for in the past. So it's a matter of making people feel comfortable up front, explain to them that we're addressing the situation head on, and then it's about showing what we're doing with how we're laying out our office space. So there's been a higher demand for private offices because there is a comfort level when you can close a door but still have visibility. And you'll see this when you go through the space that while you have a private office, you still have a visible uh, whether it's the front of the office or in some cases on two sides of the office, you can visibly see through the office and see the rest of the people around you. So while you're still safe in your office, you can still feed off of the energy and the buzz of what else is happening throughout. And I understand. Yeah. Go ahead, Paula. Sorry. And then um, also something I remember Ralph told me when this whole pandemic happened, um, he told me, be bolder. Now is the time to be bolder. And that was such a good direction for me because um, it made me think, 
It made me think, yeah, this moment with the pandemic is a moment of fear. People are going to be afraid to come back to the office at some point. So that gave me the inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to make it more playful, more um, colors, like more like even the furniture you're going to see. It has this weird like fun shape. So it's not your regular office. It's not a boardroom. Like I said, board room. It's, it's, a, it's a fun room. So it, it, I like it like that. I like the, the, to, to bring that element of design that... Um, yeah, because now you can work from anywhere, but here you're coming to this amazing, well-designed, perfect space that, um, yeah, and, and we change, we even change uh, some of the furniture, like um, open space things to be movable. Absolutely, modular. so we have the ability to actually make adjustments as needed to mm-hmm. adjust to whatever the environment, whatever happens over the yeah. next few months. Yeah, and I'm, I'm a designer, but uh, before that, I'm a trend forecaster. So that's that's what I was trained as. So even designing the space for like a year and a half ago, I already knew I had to put spaces that were like collaborative, but also modular, things to were, easy to, were easily to move. So I kind of had it already laid down perfectly. So the, the changes that we made during the pandemic were like, some changes, but um, I think it was already thought out very well. Well, based on what you just said, can we ask you, what's the next big thing? What's the best ne- big thing? It's like, it's something called doing nothing. <laughs> Not really. It's like taking it easy, like reset. I think people are like, and I think we're already doing it because of the pandemic. A lot of people had to go back to basics and just like enjoy life. And I think that's something very important to like have your mental wellness on point uh have enjoy life like i think that's why also like when i designed the space i i designed them for the for human centric design it's human centric it's based on people i don't design it around the couch or the <laughs> or the uh, column there or the ceiling i design it for is it am i gonna enjoy it yes or no if i don't then i that's not my space so it has to be for humans, so it's something that is very important. That's that's and plants, biophilic design. It's very important these days, and especially with the pandemic now. I think you're gonna see less decor, less little, you know, paintings or stuff like that. More plants and at the, and at collab actually, that's all we're putting in. I don't know if you're gonna see them today because we're still like putting them together outside, but it's gonna be full of plants because that cleans the air. It looks beautiful. It's natural. So that's something I recommend. To well, have. Th- thank you for that. And somewhat tongue in cheek, the next time that Jeannie's asked me to do something uh, around the house, I'm just going to tell her, I'm sorry, I'm ahead of the curve right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm resetting. Keep it okay. simple. You're right, keep it simple. Perfect, imperfect. Well, that's why she's with me. She goes, I want to keep this simple. Come here. Um, so thank you for that. The the uh, couple quick questions on collab. Um, and they may be individual uh, discussions with potential clients. So just curious if there's general information. Is there a membership model or, and I understand it's already getting really busy, which is great because I think Pat Ruffalo, you were doing a podcast with the Business and Industry Association that it may be already at 70% or some, some, some strong numbers there. So for the folks that still want to get involved, uh, is there a membership type model that you'd like to share? Um, and also tell us about the app. I believe you might be generating or in in the process there, if that's if that's uh, correct. Uh, but that also speaks to how do they reach you? How do they get, uh, call you, reach out to you, come in, contract with you, and get started in BellWorks Collab? Traditionally, I was always old school. I had like the 
phone call, like text message, email, but we have to understand the times that we live in. We need to go more virtual. So we are not only building a brand new co-working office, but we're also going to be implementing new technology as a backbone to that to create a much better user experience for all of our members. And you know, through that membership portal, people will be able to actually connect not only with property management or uh, community manager at Colabs, but also with the individual companies within their space. So uh, that's going to be actually opening up and coming online as we open up our brand new space. And it's a one-stop shop for not only managing your membership, but also booking a conference room, making service requests, and again, to connect with and help strengthen that community that we want to continue to grow here at Bellworks and at Colabs. And as far as our membership model goes, we still have opportunities. We are filling up fast and we're very excited. People are actually very eager to get out of the house after several months of uh, work from home life. Uh, I've heard some pretty funny stories, uh, many revolving around dogs and Zoom calls, but at this point, it sounds like people are ready to try to get back into the office space in some way, shape, or form. And the beauty of Collabs is we have very flexible membership plans to offer from part-time options to full-time options, whether you just need a workstation, if you need a private office, if you need a small team room for your team. One of the big uh, buzzwords going around in real estate right now is the hub and spoke model. So a lot of big companies that have hubs in New York City are looking to have small satellite offices in the suburbs closer where their employees live. That is something that we offer. So uh, whether it's yourself reaching out or whether it's actually getting uh, in touch with your corporate office, we're happy to have those discussions and figure out you know, a plan and a system that's going to work for each tenant. And you know, our members are our tenants. And those are the people that I interact with every day. And also, like people like to gather at Colab. That's that's Absolutely. the whole thing about Colab. People coming together, like different companies collaborating. Uh, you know, you can find your next partner in Colab. Like, there's a lot of like collaboration, and I've seen through these years through with the other with the beginning of Colab with the beginning of Elwars, A lot of companies started small here. And now they're bigger, right? Absolutely. I mean, and so that's the beauty of it. Something you can't not do from your couch, we, or maybe you can, but I don't know. We like to nickname <laughs> ourselves the farm team sometimes. Uh, you know, we kind of we've had several uh, companies that are now full blown, you know, multi thousand square foot tenants within the building, and they started in some cases at a desk, mm -hmm. and they had a great vision, and they were working on funding, and they were building technology, and they were working on finding their first, you know, key employees. And in some cases, it went beyond just finding them a desk. It went beyond, you know, we had, you know, relationships with people at the Economic Development Authority, or we knew an angel investor who was interested in investing in that type of uh, technology company. It was about not just the space, but also the communication, finding out what their needs were beyond just space and trying to facilitate those conversations for them. So I always kind of said the magic would happen at a lot of our networking events where, you know, we would get two like-minded people and they might not even know that, you know, they're looking for each other. And it was just a simple introduction. And then things, you know, magic happens again. So you know, it does go beyond just the office space. I think uh, it's about the networking. It's about uh, communication. that communication. Oh, <laughs> communication. Beat me to it. Well, and that's part of what the Homeland Chamber of Commerce is all about, right? 
Well, we're going to be going on a tour to the Collab space in, in a little while. Thankfully, we're looking forward to it. What we'd like to do is we're going to be opening up for questions in a moment, but also just wanted to go around briefly uh, and either the, your next big thing or what you're working on now and how do people reach you uh, for the issues that matter to you? I know we talked about Tigger House. We're talking about the other uh, issues and, uh, and challenges that are out there and other interesting things people could work on. But we want to also give some closing messages to folks, then it'll open it up for questions for folks, particularly about collabs. If you can't make the tour, you may have a couple questions that you want to leave with so you can inform your friends, your family, and business partners. Uh, so if we can, Bar, let's start with you, if we can. Great, thank you. Um, so the next big thing for us, which has um, been really something that you look back at life and you go, well, I never thought I'd be doing that, is um, so we, uh, we own a factory now in Santa Ana, California that is making masks, PPE, and um, those types of materials. So uh, with the exception of um, you know, 3M, Honeywell, GE, and a couple other massive companies in the U.S., you know, Henderson Promos uh, partner with Pureco, and we're actually providing um, PPE to a number of different states, first responders, and um, you know, people who are who are on the front lines of this. So, uh, you know, if if any different states or governments or military branches need PPE, we're really one of the only groups in the United States actually making it here in the U.S. right now, trying to bring some reliability back to the U.S. chain instead of relying on other. And how do overseas. they reach you? Um, so you can reach us at info, I-N-F-O, at hendersonpromos.com. That's H-E-N-D-E-R-S-O-N, promos, P-R-O-M-O-S.com. A website with about 700,000 yeah, items? Yeah, yeah it's 700,000 products. I'm sure she'll probably touch on that a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, we put we put company logos and brands on anything. So anything that you can really imagine. But, but I'll let you maybe tackle that uh, a little bit. Thank you. CBA graduate, by the way, for those who are alma mater CBA. Absolutely. So uh, this is going to be a very exciting year for me as Mrs. New Jersey uh, 2020. I'll be competing in Vegas in January for the national title. So very exciting. Um, and this year allows me to give back to a number of organizations that I'm passionate about, like the Tigger House um, Foundation, which is doing amazing things for our community, raising awareness for opioid addiction. They're having a virtual auction coming up uh, October 8th to the 12th. And one of the things that they're auctioning is a, a lunch with me at the Molly Pitcher. And um, I was like, oh, that, that's amazing. Like, you know, tell, like I was just uh, surprised that they, you know, I feel so honored to be asked to, to do that. And um, it's amazing for young women. So part of my mission as a woman business owner is to help young women um, be leaders in the community. I also work with the Girl Scouts of the Jersey Shore to um, instill leadership in young women as they go out in the community. And so I would love to have lunch with a young woman who um, might be a young girl or or an adult. Or, and, or multiple young women, right? Yeah, and, um, and, in, and help them on their path. Um, uh, maybe they're wanting to start their business and I can give business help. Um, I will be going throughout the state and helping women businesses become WBENC certified. And I am there for support for any 
women in business who who's just looking for a little help, um, you could reach out to me, my Instagram, Christina Henderson, or my Facebook. Reach out, shoot me a message. I'd love to help support any way I can. Um, and giving back, another organization I work with is, is Fulfill Food Bank of Monmouth and Ocean Counties. They're doing amazing things to fight the hunger. So um, I'll be working with them closely this year as well. So a lot of exciting things. And then of course, I'm a business owner. So uh, running my business, we have over 700,000 branded items. We put logos on anything. I work with incredible companies uh, in, in New Jersey, but we also work with companies nationwide. We do a lot of um, incredible things, very, very cool products out now. Um, so when I'm not going to events as Mrs. New Jersey, I'm running my business. So um, just getting out there, supporting women. It's 2020. It's all about women supporting women and women supporting women in business. Um, there needs to be more support out there. Congratulate your um, women leaders in your community. Be a positive reinforcement for them um, because it's it's all about women empowerment. So that's that's what I'll be doing this year. And I'm super, super excited about making the most of my reign. So thank you. And come out to Vegas if you want. January 20, the week of January 22nd. I'd love to have you come out, support. We'll have fun in Vegas. <laughs> I guess the next big thing, um, you know, in addition to our collab in New Jersey, we are working on our Chicagoland project and collab oh, is yeah. going to be launching there. And uh, you know, as just another aside, you know, helping more small businesses. Uh, a lot of small businesses and startup companies that are looking for a spot to call home and finding more of them in the community. So if you do know any small businesses or startup companies, uh, we want to talk with them because not only is it about office space, but we do have other connections that they could potentially look to help them as they grow their business. Thank you. For me, I mean, the next big thing, of course, is Bellwood Chicagoland. We're working on that right now. The collab there, the ready-to-wear offices and other offices and the public spaces. But also, like, you know, I think for me it's very important what we're doing here, too, as the creative director of Bellworks right now. Um, I love bringing the community together, helping all of our tenants, uh, the retailers, and just like the vibe that it's at Bellworks is, is very unique and it doesn't happen everywhere. And I think that's what puts us, you know, into like a different um place it's not it's not just a regular office it's not just a regular place so it makes me really happy just to support you know the events the local uh, charities the arts we have a ballet dance company here that i love and i support because i feel like they bring such a great energy into the space and it's just art art inspires anything that helps people like get their mind, you know, inspired. I support it, so um, I love that. Um, and then also as a business owner, I just, I love I love working with my team. I love working with uh, supporting other women who are, you know, talented and that I see have what it takes. It's very inspiring and it's very inspiring, I think, in, you know, in like, like I see them, they see me, <laughs> it's inspiring. So that gives me a lot of energy. So I wanna continue opening um, opportunities, doing more work, um, inspi creating inspiring places and just you know bringing what I do and hopefully opening the door to other women and, and doing more. So that's, that's it. <laughs> the next big thing, is the uh, best personal hug I can give to one of our kids. 
uh, and I really mean that. Uh, every single one of our angels is in my heart, is in all of our trustees' hearts. Um, we want to do better. We want to do more for pediatric cancer warriors throughout the state of New Jersey. Uh, a couple years ago, we had a, a young boy having a tough time down in Cape May Courthouse. He was an Eagles fan. We got him out to, I think it was Minneapolis, where the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and he was there. He passed a few months ago, but we gave him that joy. Uh, next big thing is um, I want to steal a line from Mr. Zucker. Uh, we want to be bolder. And what I mean by that is we want to be bold in getting your help so we can do more for the kids. Um, you won't believe uh, how awesome it feels to see a kid with cancer with a smile on his or her face. And if, you've, uh, if you played a part in bringing that smile, or um, if we hear a young boy or girl is you know, being discharged from the hospital to hospice, we will do anything in the world for that child, that teenager, for that family under those circumstances. Um, very, very early on, 2004, 2005, we were helping a girl from Tom's River, Katie, and we actually raised almost $100,000 for her experimental treatment, and she went out to Arizona for that treatment. It was unsuccessful. She came on back. We thought she was doing okay, uh, but she soon passed. And then her mom told me after the fact that her only wish was she wished she went to Paris. And that bothered me, and it bothers me to this day because we could have made that happen, and we would have made that happen. Um, the next best, next best thing for the Francis Foundation, like I said, that hug, is what we're gonna do special for that child that's being discharged from the hospital. Um, I have about 100 stories that I can tell you. Uh, I have a great Bon Jovi story where these two beautiful uh, grandparents sitting in a house um, down in uh, Bordentown, New Jersey, when we got Bon Jovi to walk into that house to shock the mom who fainted, where those two grandparents said, thank God Rocky's here, they call Bon Jovi Rocky. And Bon Jovi turned around to me and said, Rocky? That's the short version, but it, um, so many beautiful stories. We need your help. Help us bring the next best thing to our warriors, to a child that's gonna become an angel real soon. And again, thank you for the invite. Thank you for this. Thank you for the Homedale uh, Chamber of Commerce. And um, thank you to all. Thank you very much. Um, just continue to be a mom continue my journey of recovery and wellness one day at a time. Uh, just came up with this on the stage today, hearing about all the wonderful things the Francis Foundation is doing. I lost a boy very near and dear to my heart, Max Holden, Max Strong, and I will definitely collaborate to help spread the word because, again, another statistic really quick, 4% of the annual budget goes to childhood cancer research, 4 for. That's unacceptable. So I will continue to advocate. I will continue to be heard wherever I can speak to help others because I only have, I only keep what I have by giving it away. And so I think that service is incredibly important. Um, if you know anybody struggling, I just have my email, which is my name, Nikki Tierney at AOL. I am not <laughs> on the verge of new things. I still use AOL, but you can feel free to email me and I, I would be so honored to serve in any way I can. So thank you all so much.
Terry, can I say yeah. something? Absolutely. Um, and you can find me at npzdesign.com and on Instagram, npz. Under thing, um, <laughs> studio. <laughs> All right. True Bell works. You can find it through Bell. Thank you. And Bob's a little modest, but you can find Bob at Burns O'Hearn and Hugel. He's one of the most fantastic certified trial trial attorneys in the state of New Jersey and a deputy former deputy attorney general. He's still a deputy attorney general. No, former. Okay. So I'm really, really <laughs> nice to him. Yeah. So no, really a 40-year career uh, or more, right? And listed consistently, annually, year to year, as one of the top super lawyers in the state of New Jersey. So we have some powerful people up here all, all together. We're going to uh, open up for questions. And as far as one little big thing for the Homedale Chamber of Commerce, I would say, is to continue to work and endeavor to do better, to uh, continue the seamless interaction of profit, private, nonprofit, charitable organizations to create a, an organic environment to help others simply do well by doing good. And things naturally, naturally, um, you know, transcend the day to day. And for folks to leave here and say, you know what, that was a really good meeting. I'm really glad I went. And I may send the link to a friend. So even though it may not be listed yet on a YouTube site, I'm going to say just hit subscribe <laughs> and comment in the sections. Right. That's what we always say. Right. Uh, so we're, we're going to continue to endeavor to do that because it's a very unique chamber. So I, I'd like to open it up for questions, uh, particularly about collab or any questions that you may have. Please raise your hands. So we can get that portable mic to you and participate. Mark Weiss. I just know he's a natural. No, no questions, but just want to. Thank you for having me again, and it's really great to hear everyone's, what they have to say. Um, yeah, we've all have <clears throat> things happen in our families. I lost a brother to uh, mental illness. Um, my best friend uh, just lost his wife three weeks ago to um, over-prescribing. Well, she took her own life. Um, so these are things that are happening, you know, whether you like it or not. and. Sometimes it's just like, you know, I should have reached out to that person. But, you know, you can't blame yourself for not doing that. But you can, you know, reach out to someone and just say hi and see how they're doing. Uh, especially the, the ones that you know that do have trouble. That's my message. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you, Mark. That could really save a life. If you're thinking about that person, pick up the phone, reach out to them. Thank you. Any other? Yes, Ted. This is more of a testimonial. In uh, 10 years, a cancer robot, we've been able to give away almost 500 free cruises to Bermuda. And we could not have done that without the help of many, many people. It takes a village. So thanks again, Bob, and the Francis Foundation. You guys are incredible. But also Christina and Bart, you've helped us out. Uh, Mark Weiss is always at our year-end event with Rocket, which is another great event. And uh, Ella Luisi has played at our events. Ming has given us exposure. And of course, Jeannie, you would tap into Holmdell and, and uh, the chamber. So for anybody who's out there watching or listening, if you're not sure yet about joining this chamber, what the hell are you waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ted. Thank you so much. And uh, we, we do want to thank all the folks that have put everything together, Brooke and the team, Paula and your team, Sean, uh, for helping facilitate this 
beautiful facility and having us here today and the team that's here and Paula's mom. That's <laughs> awesome. You know, it's really special. And, you know, the Homeless Chamber of Commerce is very unique. It's a wonderful group. And I love that it's all volunteer, you know. Um, I do want to say thank you to Mr. Zucker for, for your vision, your strength and determination over time as it continues. Uh, the future is here. The future is now. You're making history. Um, if, if I may, would you provide us a, a, a closing comment uh, to tie this wonderful uh, event together so we can hear what the next big thing is? And we're listening real close, Mr. Zucker. Thank you. Thank you so much, and uh, I want to echo what Paula and Sean said, humbled to be here with all of you, and you're doing amazing things, and an honor to be included. Um, I think the next big, thing, next big thing for me, is you see it up on the stage, you see Paula and Sean really uh, taking the ball and running with it. I'm able to sit back here and relax and uh, enjoy watching, uh, you know, uh, do nothing. Years of hard work uh, pay off, and uh, I'm going to do nothing, like you said. And, uh, That's maybe, the next big maybe thing. Maybe get some golf lessons. Uh, you know, I, I was told not to go to escapology because they're not going to let me escape. But um, I really, uh, I, I really think it's it's um, watching something that started as a uh, as a as a dream in uh, 2008 when we walked into this uh, empty building, and now seeing it become a little bit of a movement and a brand and having people that could literally uh, take it over and, uh, and make it happen and understand all the nuances. And it was really a pleasure for me to sit here and listen um, to the two of you articulate exactly uh, to the T what our vision is, what it's all about, how it is, and uh, being able to have people that can, that, that's where things really start taking off. So I feel like the next thing for us is seeing um, Bellworks, now we have Bellworks Chicagoland, we're working on another Bellworks, seeing this become the Metroburg, the idea of, of bringing people together and creating great places for great people begin to sprout up all over the country. They don't sprout exactly, but uh, a lot of hard work, but having the people uh, that can make it happen is really, for me, amazing. And uh, on a personal note, um, I, I, I would like to say that we'd like to uh, uh, host uh, uh, Francis Foundation here in uh, you know, we would we would like to talk to you, Bob. Uh, Bob, is that the name? That's right, Bob. Thank uh, you, sir. Afterwards, maybe speak to Paul and Sean. They're the people to talk to, and we'll set something up here. We'd love to do uh, something for you here to host an event, um, not to take away from anywhere else, but we would definitely do a pro bono event here to help you out Thank and you. to bring make things happen. Uh, really, uh, that's that's part of what makes us tick is um, seeing such great people do Working such great together. things. So thank you very much. And thank you to the, all of you from the chamber and Tavon. You guys are amazing, and uh, it's 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 really we appreciate the years of friendship and continue. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Mr. Zucker, and you've just experienced a little bit of Bellworks magic right here on the stage. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you to the team. Have a wonderful day, and we're going to go on now to the collabs tour. Share, post, send the links out and uh, continue to enjoy your life and uh, let's improve the lives of those around us. Thank you, Thank everyone. You. So much appreciated. Have a great day. <laughs> Off to the tour of Bell, uh, Bell Works Collapse.